Welcome to AWS She Builds Tech Skills with your hosts, Maya and May. Hey, welcome everyone to AWS She Builds Tech Skills episode number 19 already. So yeah, it's it's that time of the year, May. What what's this time of the year? Well, oh, welcome everyone to the show. And um, yeah, so this is Friday here uh, in Australia, in Sydney. I'm based out of Sydney. My name is May. I'm a solutions architect and also a co-host for She Builds Tech Skills. And um, before we dive into the, the events that's happening, so I just want to talk a little bit about She Builds Tech Skills. So if you are the first time viewer joining our show, welcome to She Builds Tech Skills. Our program is all about women in technology, bringing all the women together or non-binary folks into the community, showcasing their thought leadership and technical skills on AWS. So, uh, this is the first, if you are a first time, so make sure you use the chat functions and put the, put in the chat, we have got a uh, moderator, we have got Bianca, uh, who is also our guest speakers uh, for our show. So what is happening? Um, it's March, I can't believe it is March already. And um, this is exciting events happening in Sydney. Um, we have got AWS Summit Sydney upcoming in April. And um, I can't believe it is only two weeks away, my Two weeks? So, I know, yeah, two weeks. So quickly, I uh, just wanted to uh, put a shout out to a, a Yannix. I can't pronounce the name, but hello. Uh, and all the viewers out there listening to us. So keen to know where you're dialing in from. <laughs> That's a very old school way of think, saying things. But, um, yeah, let us know where you're listening in from and um, give you a shout out. Um, yeah. yeah, so two weeks away for Summit, uh, May will be there, I will be there. We do have an exciting announcement. We have the uh, She Builds booth. So if you're going to be physically there for AWS ANZ Summit 2023 now. 2023. <laughs> come and visit our booth uh, and come and have a chat to us in person. Yeah, so this is going to be really exciting. This is, um, we're coming back in person. Um, unfortunately, in person, registrations are closed. We filled up pretty quickly. So if you have registered on the AWS Summit channel, uh, make sure you drop into our booth. Uh, we're going to have a SheBuild community. Uh, myself and Mai is going to be there. We're going to showcase some of our technical demos over there as well. And you will get really see some interactive learning experience at the booth. So make sure you uh, you check it out. And I'm going to drop a link. So I always forget this. I'm going to drop a link in the chat as well. So if you if you haven't uh, got a chance to register for in-person events, you can stay registered for on-demand and there will be lots of uh, educational videos that's available after the summit. Hey, I'm Maya Nishitani. I'm a solutions architect. Hello, my name is May. I'm a solutions architect at AWS. We are here at uh, AWS ANZ Summit 2022. And we're here to showcase women with AWS SheBuilds Tech Skills Show. And we'll be live streaming uh, to Twitch and everywhere today. So this year, we have got a lot of cool topics, especially featuring women speakers. So if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. Hi, everyone. I'm Al Stepate, and I'm an Associate Cloud Architect here at AWS. I'm a part of the professional services business, helping 
us deliver content for our customers. I'm so excited to be here at Summit for ANZ in 2022. It's been something we've been missing out for the past few years. I'm so excited to see all the diverse content that we have being presented from a range of audiences. I hope you enjoy all this content and much more over the coming months. And reach out because we're here to help you. Hey everyone, I'm Lucy. I'm a solutions architect working at AWS. And today I'm here at the ANZ Summit. It's really cool to be able to see everyone in person again, seeing our customers, our partners, and just people interested in AWS. I'm actually recording the behind the scenes of this video and going to be editing it, so hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, I'm Hannah. I'm an Associate Solutions Architect at AWS. I'm here at the 2022 Sydney Summit along with everyone supporting Deepbracer. So if you see in the track now, we've got Eric who's the bit boss and essentially we're running after the little cars and I'm sure you'll get to see a bit of the action later on when we've got actual races happening with customers involved. Hi, I'm Aileen Liu, a Business Development Associate at AWS. Today I'm at the Deep Racer exhibit with everyone here. So you can see we have all of our pit crew experts working hard and we'll show you a bit of the action later on. Hello everyone, my name is Miranda Lee. I am a Solutions Architect in AWS ISV. So today in AWS Summit 2022, we have um, used this very impressive Laravel based IoT system out here. Uh, so I was responsible for two of the sensors on the ground. And can I just show you how does it look like? Okay, let's come into over here. And we can see there's a mimic of the farmland. And I have used this light sensor that detects when the light is very thin, very dark. And when that happens, um, what will happen is there's a light strip inside and it will turn off light. And just for our corpse sake, and we can sort of have this really nice um, greenhouse corpse over there. And once it's detected, okay, the light is sufficient, then it will just automatically turn off. So this is what I've built for AWS Summit 2022. Happy building. Hi, my name is Catherine and I'm a Partner Solutions Architect at Amazon Web Services. So today I'm at the sustainability booth where we speak to our customers about uh, the journey of AWS to sustainability and net zero. Uh, so our goal is to be fully on renewable energy by 2025 and have a net zero carbon emission by 2040. And this is uh, how AWS can help because by moving to AWS, customers can reduce their consumption uh, of carbon by 80% by just moving to AWS. Hey there, so I'm Frank Arrigo. I'm a Solutions Architect Manager here. I look after what we call the Cloud Sales Center, which is all about helping customers on their cloud journey accelerate their adoption. So I'm here at Summit, and uh, you know I, I was actually part of the team putting the content together I helped organize our track leads. So all those breakout sessions that you, you're seeing, they've all been reviewed by me. Uh, it took us a long time to go through that, but there's some great sessions of great quality there. And what I'm excited about is actually talking to customers again, hearing customer stories. You know, I just come out of the keynote and hearing about Swoop Aero, how they're able to use the cloud to deliver medicine and other things in remote areas, so inspiring. And then finally, we heard about AIMS, are they using the technology to learn about what's going on on the reef? Incredible. You know, we're helping save the world. The cloud's helping save the world, and it's great to be part of that. 
My name is Aline. I'm a developer and trade micro. Every day here, we care about our clients and try to protect them from malicious threats. Uh, last year, I was a participant of uh, Amazon to Build program, and then I successfully passed my AWS Developer Associate certification. This program is very helpful and gave me a lot. Then, in April, uh, I became a speaker for uh, Amazon uh, Tech Sessions, and uh, I created a video uh, small demo that shows you how to create serverless architecture with Amazon Transcribe. Hi everybody, uh, my name is Derek Bingham. I am a developer advocate for AWS. I cover uh, the lovely developers across Australia and New Zealand. Um, so why do I love being involved in the SheBuilds program? Well, diversity is everything. Without diversity, um, the things that we build and the things that we develop um, are only a small fraction of what is, uh, what is possible. And so by adding in more and more people from different backgrounds and diverse backgrounds, um, we are actually enabling the industry to build more diverse and better things. Um, so that's why I am involved in SheBuilds, is to really increase and build awareness that the diversity, diversity is important and building a broad and beautiful um, software is is absolutely uh, reliant on having diverse software engineers to do it. So one of the things I, I really value at AWS is that the, the customers we work with, they're changing um, and with change uh, there's a need for having people to think differently. So for me cognitive diversity is not only um, who you are, your backgrounds, but also how you think about challenges uh, and where I see those challenges solved best is when we have uh, a nice healthy balance of both male and female people working through that. Summit for me is when people come just to talk things through um, on the RCA Architect stand, just customers thinking through their architectures and just that face-to-face that -face engagement, um, the fun, the passion, the noise, that's why I love Summit. Uh, hi, I'm Eileen. I'm a solutions architect at AWS. Um, so my role is to uh, help customers uh, with their solutions on AWS. And uh, what do you have here? Right. So a lot of customers uh, want to build a data lake on AWS. So this is a um, an architecture for a data lake on AWS. Okay. What kind of architecture is this? Uh, so. Typically, customers will start with their data in an S3 bucket and then they um, can use a glue crawler or um, glue ETL jobs to um, clean and transform that data and um, then make that um, available for visualizations, for example, in QuickSight. Hey there, we're Devs in the Sheds. I'm Matt, we have Aaron and we have Paul here, uh, live at the AWS Sydney Summit. So uh, we love to see uh, a whole range of different uh, like projects and have a lot of different guests on our program for a, a very uh, diverse perspective on, uh, on, on ways of doing things differently, ways of seeing things differently, and uh, generally just love having different people come along and, and uh, share what they're doing with us. It's been just great to like reconnect with a whole bunch of builders from the community and from the AWS itself. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a great time. Thanks for joining us. Hi, my name is Lisa Wong, and I am a founder of Shelf Trends, uh, which is an e-commerce data business. And um, it gets me excited because e-commerce is revolutionizing retail and the way we shop. And a lot of data out there helps uh, online retailers, especially small mom-and-pop shops, get out there and succeed. How I'm empowering women in the workplace is giving them data and information that hopefully will help them succeed. Um, giving it to them in an easy-to-use manner, I hope, um, that doesn't require uh, 
um, too much more additional um, analysis. So that way they can build their insights to change the path that they want to take. Cool. Mai, what do we have for this month? Yes, so we have a guest speaker, uh, Bianca Yuan. Uh, she is uh, an associate SA or solutions architect at AWS. Uh, and she'll talk not only about the technical side of things, which is all about IoT TwinMaker, and I'll ask you, May, in a sec um, around IoT and what your customers are doing in that space. But um, yes, so she came up through TechU, which is uh, an accelerated technical training program for graduates or those who are pivoting careers uh, to start learning uh, their career pathways into solutions architects. I think there's technical account managers and I think there's cloud architects within the professional services space. Um, so she, she can talk to us all about what TechU is all about and what her that's, experience is like. That's and really exciting, isn't it? So um, if, you, if you're thinking about changing a career or you're still at the university thinking about, okay, what do I do after the uni? Or if you want to thinking about the internship opportunity, um, Bianca will be able to answer those questions. Yeah, absolutely. And May, um, now speaking of IoT, are your customers using IoT services on AWS or? Do you know what I, I um, there are a few customer and um, that use the IoT services in a way where you know some of the the smart buildings and in in the area where they want to I guess to be a bit more intelligence and a bit more data driven decisions around the buildings the datas the you know the the data that they collected around their environment and that sort of thing so I do have a few customer a few interesting use cases around IoT but to be completely honest I don't know much about IoT so I'm going to learn a few things or maybe a lot of things about IoT on this show so stay tuned for that yeah, definitely. So Bianca will take us through that. Let's ask the audience, uh, are you using any kind of IoT uh, devices even for your home or maybe for your work? So I'd love to hear any kind of IoT use cases that uh, you might think of or you might already be using for your work or home. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you have any use cases or the customer that use IoT, Mai? Uh, we are talking about uh, for energy meters, so uh, those that you know have solar. Um, how do we get gather that data in real time uh, to be able to assess and uh, find out what the best energy provider solution might be? So that's something that I'm talking with my customer around as well. So yeah, yeah. IoT makes for a more connected world. Uh, in my previous life, I was part of public sector we talked uh, a lot about smart cities and the connected city right um, yeah at yeah. reinvent last year 2022 i did a talk with craig lawton uh from the public sector team and we we chatted with city of Mel uh not city of melbourne uh university of melbourne uh about how they're using iot um on aws that's, as well so. that's pretty cool smart city um i have seen yeah the the smart meter or the um the IoT devices around, you know, the, the temperature, the room temperature, the water meter, and like, you know, just be a little bit more intelligence and um, yeah, data driven around that. So that's, that's really interesting. Oh, cool. great. With that, let's bring on Bianca. Welcome, Bianca. Hi, guys. Thank you. Welcome. May, did you want to 
kick off with some of the questions. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, Bianca, um, welcome to the show, and thank you for spending the time with us. And um, let's let's just kick off with your role at AWS. Like, what do you do at AWS and um, and your team? A little bit about your team. Sure thing. So um, at AWS, I'm a associate associate solutions architect, and I've been at AWS for about three years now. Um, but I've moved teams quite a few times. So when I actually started, I was a business intern. But then because of um, what I studied in uni, I really wanted to go into something that was a bit more technical. And so I thought the solutions architect role was perfect for me. Um, and currently I'm in the SMB team, so the small to medium business team. And I really love it because I get the opportunity to help a broad range of customers who have all different mm -hmm. types of problems, all types of um, technical issues that they need, solve, uh, need solved. And so I get to learn a lot. I get to dive deep into the um, problems that I really want more experience in. Um, and I'm really enjoying my time in SMB as a solutions architect because I get to work with business as well as technology. And I think uh, when I was in uni, this was one of the roles that I really wanted to do just because of that intersect between business and technology. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. And you got to work with a lot of customer, which gave you a lot of experience in like different industry and different businesses as well. My question is you you were in the business analyst internship, is that right? And what yeah. made you what made you to change into a technical uh, technical role? Well, I actually in uni I studied for five years and I studied computer science and bioinformatics. And so I was wow. like I, I was That's like, oh, cool. I, yeah, it's like one of those degrees that people are like, what is she talking about? Like, I've never heard of this in my life. There were only like maybe two or three people in my cohort that really did that degree. Um, so I always wanted to do something technical because I'd studied it and it was yeah. always so interesting to me. Um, and, you know, I thought AWS was like, it's a tech company in the most perfect place to develop those skills and learn. And so uh, I wanted to use the skills that I developed in uni, which is more so around like problem solving and figuring out how to use technology. So I think for me, um, it was just perfect to pursue something that was a little bit more technical where I could yeah. use those skills and, and keep learning. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really awesome. So it, it's a great opportunity to, you know, like you try something out and then you're like, I might try something different just to get more experience and see if I like it. So uh, that's really good. Thanks for sharing that. And all the viewers out there, if you if you have any questions around, you know, changing the role, changing the career um, or someone's who just finished the uni and thinking about, you know, what do we do next or what do I do next in the in the industry? Feel free to drop a questions in the chat. Uh, my is watching the chat so we can ask the question to Bianca and I guess my my next question is um, you've been a superstar at AWS I've seen you do a lot of you know public speakings and workshops and all the community initiative um, so what can you tell us a little bit about you know some of your highlights throughout your career like the projects that you work on and the things that you're really proud of yeah, so I guess I would say last year was probably the first year where I got to um, experiment a lot and uh, see what what in terms of technology was out there. So I had I was very very lucky to have the opportunity to travel to a bunch of countries and work with uh, other associate solutions architects all around the world to build out different projects. So um, I'm going to talk a one, about one a little bit later on, but I thought I would share 
um, a little bit about the project that I worked on in India with uh, the, the associate solutions architect there around um, building basically a simulation tool. So in India, I was able to work with a group of solutions architects as well as a project owner who was based in Miami. And he kind of gave us the idea of using uh, AWS uh, RoboMaker to do simulation on the cloud. So typically when people develop models or um, robots in the cloud, they'll use something called a CAD. And a CAD is computer-aided design system. But so they've designed it, it's all in the cloud, but then they need a way to kind of assess whether it's gonna work in real life. So, so for example, yeah, right, you're developing a robot yeah. and you wanna know- You wanna test it out and see if yeah. that works. Yeah. Is it actually gonna do the job? Is it gonna like pick up the thing that I want it to pick up? Mm. Um, so you gotta test it first, but typically what we find is it's very expensive to build the robot. Um, it has a lot of parts, you know, you have to take time into putting it in its location that it has to be in. Um, and so the process of simplifying that would be to simulate it on the cloud. So we built like a workflow that enabled those designers to design their product. And then um, with the click of a button, essentially deploy that to a simulated environment to test whether the parameters or like the model parameters would work in the environment that it's designed to um, work in. So I was also able to present that um, project in uh, in Japan in about October. So you can see in the photo there, um, that's me and my colleague presenting the idea and how it worked to a conference of about 200 people. So that was a really, really good experience just for me to get um, knowledge in robotics and also to get the confidence to speak about a project that I'm really interested in. Um, and the second one that I want to talk about as well is, I think it was in the title of uh, this session, but I wasn't able to really talk about it in depth because I'm waiting on these robots. So basically what the project is, is typically a lot of robot navigation and mapping systems are based around really expensive and low resolution sensors mm. um, within the robots. Um, but my colleague and I, the same one that I did that other robotics project with, suggested that we use this um, iOS tool called Polycam which allows you to scan a physical space. So like, for example, on my phone, this application, I've scanned like a room. This is like my bedroom in my apartment. And all I had to do was just like point the camera in my room and then it created this, like this map for me. So oh, wow. what we're gonna do, it's pretty, pretty cool. So I think- So you're just like, like, it's like you're recording, but like you just scan the room, like 360 degree on yeah. the room. And then it's create a map, like a model or a map in the cloud. Exactly. Yeah. So oh. you have like a digital representation of your That's, house. So how does it help with the the um, the simulation? Yeah. So um, because those sensors are really expensive on the robot, we want to be mm -hmm. able to port this map that's created by this application onto the robot so that the robot can use the created map as its guiding when it's in a location. Um, rather than having all that expensive material on the robot itself, you can just use a simple like application on your phone to put that robot, to put that that's, map on the robot. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. That saved, that saved a lot thinking, of money. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Good. like, you know, how can that work with like connected vehicles? I'm thinking like, you know, uh, electric vehicles. I'm thinking Teslas, you know, all that kind of stuff. I know they've got different technology there. Um, what do you envision that uh, technology 
uh, could be useful maybe in the future that hasn't been thought about? Oh, I mean, the ideas that I would imagine that this would be really helpful for would be like if you have a Roomba um, and the Roomba is always in your house, you can just upload the map of your, say you're moving your new house to your Roomba so it doesn't have to learn again from scratch or um, like, you know, just your room. If you want it to move in a certain way, you want it to not bump into, I don't know, your cat's bed or something like that. I guess if we can think bigger, maybe you could also upload those to those electric vehicles and the electric vehicles would know um, how to drive you home from the station after a late night. I don't know. Maybe that could be something so you don't have to drive. That's like an option, I guess. That's I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I'd love to ask the audience again, like, do you have any ideas of how this technology can be useful and put it in the chat? Um, and just want to say hi to my colleague up in Brisbane. Hi, Brooke. Uh, thanks for watching. <laughs> Big shout out. Um, and yeah, keen to know, Bianca. So it makes makes it look like you are an IoT expert. So can I assume that you're an IoT expert? Not at all. Um, not at all. So the project that I'm going to be talking about a little bit later and that I'll be demoing, uh, we worked on it last year in May and before working on it, I had absolutely no idea what how to do anything with regard to IoT. Um, like I just graduated uni, I probably had a year and a little bit of experience and I'd hardly ever touched IoT. The only thing I knew was maybe, you know, Alexa can turn on my lights and stuff, but I had no idea <laughs> how she did that. So I definitely would not say I'm an expert. Um, but basically, my point is like anyone can do it, you just have to put some time in learn about it. I'm definitely not an expert. There's a lot to learn, but it's um it's not a high barrier for entry. So I would say if you want to learn, definitely go for it. Um, there's so much so many resources out there that'll be able to help you. Yeah, and speaking of learning, right? And um, going back to sort of like a career question here, Tech U. So tell me about you know how you learned in Tech U and you know, um, a little bit more about what that program's all about how do people apply, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. So TechU was a six-month pro, uh, six program where you're basically spending your full time learning and developing your skills around um, the cloud, around AWS. Uh, our instructors were amazing and they taught us a lot about the technical skills that you'll need when you're working with customers. Um, and you might think the technical skills is the most important part, but for me, I think what we learned, what I learned the most out of TechU was the ability to deal with ambiguity. That's something that we deal a lot as solutions architects. Um, you both would know May and Mai. So just dealing with ambiguity, knowing how to face a challenge when you have maybe no idea how to solve the problem was something that I learned a lot in TechU as well as on the job. So um, TechU was really valuable in that sense, but also being able to say that you don't know being able to present as well in a way that's, um, you know, usable for audiences that are not necessarily technical, because a lot of the time as solutions architects, we might not be talking to a strictly technical audience. So not only was TechU a really good experience with regard to learning about the cloud and AWS, but it was also a program that helped me develop the skills that I really need to kick off my career and to be a really successful solutions architect. So. Um, definitely not limited to if you just came out of uni, If also if you just want to um, career switch or you want to learn more about the cloud and go into a role that's going to be um, 
about the AWS Cloud Tech is probably a really, really good one that you should look into. So I highly recommend it. And it was a very, very fun six months. Um, and I look back and I wish I could do it again. Yeah, awesome. So we have, I think, one of your uh, Tech U um, ex-colleagues here, uh, Lucy. Oh, oops, sorry, different. <laughs> Lucy, oh, hey, Lucy. <laughs> hey, Lucy. <laughs> Good to see Lucy's on the call. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it was really good to work with Lucy. We did our capstone project together, which was really successful. Um, and I think we also, with Techie, we built really good friendships as well. So Lucy's one of the good friends that I worked with at AWS. Um, and I also met a bunch of other people from all around the world doing TechU in the same time as me. So not only the learning, but you also get to meet a lot of new people and network. Um, so it was amazing in that sense too. Yeah, awesome. Um, and May, what do you think about like the soft skills side of things of being a solutions architect? I think, um, I guess because we deal with different stakeholders, right? Like Bianca mentioned, the technical skills are really important at the same time being able to articulate and I don't want to say influence, but offering that the possible visions out there to the customer. So customer know their business really well. We come in as an outsider, we come in as like, you know, we have we have seen this in the industry and we have these solutions so we can do these things and being able to articulate that to the customer at the different, you know, different stakeholders. It could be product, it could be senior level, uh, it could be technical people. And we engage with different level and different skill set of uh, people within the business. That's really uh, like I would say the soft skill of like reading the room and being able to understand how like where the customers coming from and when they ask questions, why would they be thinking about this? And you know, understand and empathize um, this kind of situations. I think those I would say that is like somewhat uh, really important in the in the role as well yeah totally. i just i just <laughs> want to give a shout out to spidey um <laughs> hey spidey uh we used to work together in the same team and um spidey is the, in your team right bianca right yeah spidey's in my team hey spidey so, Spidey um, is my mentor throughout my, well, throughout my time at AWS, especially on the soft skills. Well, a lot of things, a lot of other things as well. He did a really amazing job, uh, but especially like when I have a problems, you know, how I do deal with customers call, trying to get into the customer to, you know, um, about the solutions that I think that will be really beneficial to customer, but then they don't really see the value of it. So how do we get into that? So that kind of like a really tricky, hairy questions. I always go to Spidey and ask for his help. So just want to give a shout out to Spidey there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And uh, yeah, shout out to Song Jae Gu. So uh, he's talking about smartphones. Um, how do we reuse smartphones rather than sending it to landfill, which is a very good point about sustainability. We can't forget about the six pillar in our well-architected uh, framework, right? So yes, definitely something that we should think about. Now, going back to the, the technology side of things, um, let's talk about the architecture before jumping into the demo. So, so Bianca, do you want to take us through this? Yeah, so I, I guess a little bit of background around what this is. Um, so at AWS, we have like a bunch of different IoT services 
for data ingestion, analytics, and visualization. Um, but the reason why we developed this demo was because we found that customers didn't really know um, how to test our services with IoT. And so we developed this mobile app to capture sensor data from um, smart devices to be able to leverage AWS services for processing and visualizing the data. So basically an easy way for customers to see the power of AWS um, and the power of IoT. So in this um, demo, you can see, sorry, in this architecture diagram, the phone is there and it uses Cognito authentication to create the connection to the AWS cloud. So Cognito is just our authentication service um, and allows you to make sure that the app is the right app that is able to connect to um, our services. So one component of it is AWS IoT SiteWise and SiteWise is one of our managed services that allows you to connect, um, organize and analyze industrial IoT data at scale and also allow, allow you to create visual representations of time stream data over a period of time. Um, so basically like how a machine operates over a period of time, um, any errors, any like information like that will go into SiteWise. Um, the other component is Kinesis video streams. So Kinesis allows you to stream real-time video to the cloud. And I think a really good use case for that, for that is like when you're monitoring your doorbell or you know maybe you have a pet that you want to keep track of, um, the application allows you to do that because it's real-time streaming data. And then, of course, we have the front end. So the front end is just hosted on um, an S3 bucket and served via CloudFront. So it's a very simple um, architecture. And I think I'll go into the demo of how it works right, right now. All right. Let's pull that up, May. Let's see if that works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So, oh, is this from the start? It is now. There we go. Okay. <laughs> So this is kind of like the landing page. And as you can see, that uh, left-hand side is the phone application. So it shows quite a few metrics, like uh, your accelerometer, we, your gyroscope. Can we scan on the phone? Yes, so you can. Oh, do you mean like right. scan? Oh, actually, you have to use the application to use that QR ah, code. Ah, I see. You'll see. Yeah, you'll see a lot of information. but I um, get too excited. <laughs> you have to use the phone app for that. But oh. um yet to be released. Um, so I think, is the demo paused? It might be paused. Okay, there we go. Um, so you can see all the different metrics and if you scroll up and down, you're able to use the application to connect. So this is this part connects you, does that basically cognitive authentication to the cloud and that QR code sends any of the data that you need to do that authentication and that connection. So it's taking a little bit of time, but there you can see now it's connected. So um, this is SiteWise that you're seeing on the right-hand side, and SiteWise can show you all the different metrics and all the different data that's sent over a period of time. Um, so I've just turned on the gyroscope. I'm going to also turn on a few of the other metrics as well to show um, how the data is being sent to SiteWise in a time stream value of period so of time. So on the, on the right, the big screen, it's right right hand side for me. So on the big screen, oh. so that's the application. Is that right? Yes. So that's, so that's the, the, the big one. The big yeah. one is the is the um, is SiteWise. So that's the ah. uh, AWS service that's holding or capturing all that time stream information. I see. And then on the left hand side, 
Is that on your mobile? Yes, so the left-hand side, the smaller one is the mobile device um, that basically sends. So your phones already have like met, uh, sensor data and it's basically just sending that sensor data um, oh. to AWS. So you're using the um, the smartphone, sen uh, the sensor data from there and then sending it to their um, application. Yep. Yeah, so awesome. Yes, it's pretty cool. Um, and there's a bunch of different other metrics available in the application as well. So curious, um, I'm just going to ask you, like, you know, with the gyroscope accelerator, uh, can't even pronounce it, acceler accelerator, accelerator, <laughs> <laughs> right, um, from the phone. So um, with these metrics collected, um, I guess what are, what are we trying to sort of depict here? Like, you know, how far someone's going uh, or travelling or... I guess. Yeah. So yeah. I guess um, these are supported on the, on the device. And if you think mm -hmm. about like the problems that they could solve, I guess like um, understanding it, the, the phone is more of like demo purposes. I guess maybe you might not need, you might not be using the device itself for a business problem, but if you want to see like how fast something can travel or, you know, if you're shaking it, if it's um, you want to play a game, maybe you can use this application to see how fast people can shake their phone. And then as a result, those who shake their phone the fastest win a prize or like those who are the most engaged because they're like, you know, furiously shaking their phone, um, <laughs> or, you know, who have it the highest on a on a area can, can win. So whilst the um, metrics might not necessarily reflect a business case, I think you can definitely create something out of them, but this is more of a demo of like, what's possible with other metrics, um, not just the ones on your phone. Maybe you could send other information around um, like your car. Should I fill up my car soon? Um, do I constantly speed in places that I shouldn't be? You know, stuff like that. So Lots it, of it, use cases. Definitely yeah. different things yeah. you can do. I want to ask the audience, so we've got you know, quite a few people watching on the stream. Has anyone used this smartphone, these metrics to build out something fun? So maybe it could be even be a game or is this something something simple? Um, have anyone interact with any of the, the smartphones uh, metrics in any use case? I'll be keen to, uh, to see that from the audience. Uh, cool, should, should I continue to play the demo and then you can do the walkthrough, Bianca? Yes, go for it. So I think I'm just showing you all the different types of metrics here that you can capture and then you can see. Um, there are many, many more. This is just the first dashboard. But um, as you can see, it only sends information that you toggle on. So not everything's sent unless you want it to be sent on the app from your smartphone device. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's um it's real time and um yeah you can get quite a few patterns of how you behave over time. Um and on this page you can see that I'll show you here. The way that the data is actually being sent to SiteWise is through an API. Um, but there's definitely many different ways that you can ingest the data into SiteWise. Um, as you can see, the data that's sent is the only ones that I've toggled to be enabled. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, there's many different ways that you can ingest the data into SiteWise, MQTT protocol is another one. 
that's quite popular as well. But for this case, we used uh, API calls. Yeah, and MQTT, now speaking of MQTT, there's a lot of um, smart city related IoT devices that uh, that use um, MQTT. Um, mm. And not just smart cities, I'm thinking of manufacturing customers as well uh, with their equipment on the manufacturing floor. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, audio there, I think. But uh, this section, I wanted to show that you can also capture a live video um, and it sends it directly to uh, Kinesis Video Streams via a signaling channel. Um, and this is like what I think is perfect for that monitoring use case. Uh, like I mentioned the doorbell, but what I spoke about at, at reInvent last year was monitoring my cat because I had to travel quite a bit last year to have this like monitoring her, seeing if she's, you know, uh, throwing my plants or digging up, uh, scratching my couch would be a really good use case so I can, I don't know, do something next time so that she doesn't, I don't come home to a couch that's completely scratched up. Do you have any footage of that, Bianca? <laughs> Unfortunately not. I mean, I could take you to the room and show you my couch that's uh, kind of destroyed, but not at the moment. I don't want to show my semi-destroyed couch. Uh, well, keen to hear from the audience. Do you have any pets, uh, cats or dogs or even reptiles? Like, uh, Put it in the chat. Uh, keen to know. You know, you're using uh, IoT. Maybe we, yeah, I was going to say we can use <laughs> the IoT monitor. Maybe we will do a, maybe a sample app. Maybe next time do the pet monitoring on, <laughs> on AWS. Um, I will love a dog. I'm a more of a dog person than, <laughs> than a cat. But all my families and friends got a cat. And there's no dog, like no dog people around me. <laughs> you can be the first. Cats are just so easy to take care of. <laughs> that's what everyone say, but that's not what I'm seeing. <laughs> no, cats are cats are good company to yeah. have. Cats and dogs are cool. I just go to a cat cafe. Um, that way you don't Ooh. you know <laughs> you don't need to take care of them. <laughs> Low responsibility. Yeah, yeah, it works out. Or just go to a friend's house and if they've got cats or dogs, it's all good. Actually, I'll be looking after my parents' dogs, uh, a dog soon, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah. Looking after somebody's, somebody else's pant, it's like it's put pressure on me because I'm like, I don't know these dogs or a cat, and then I'm just so worried that if they get sick or they get lost, yeah. That's what you yeah. should use this solution. You know, you can keep an eye on them, monitor Absolutely. them when you're not there. That's a great Perfect. idea. <laughs> Lots of comments streaming in. <laughs> Yay, cat people. I don't know if Spidey is a cat person. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> uh, cool. Should we uh, play the video? I think the, the upcoming video has an audio in there. Oh, you can probably skip over it because um, it's just showing you the signaling channel and the video being streamed through. Would be interesting to see. I'm gonna just play this. Oh. Yeah, that's just the uh, the video that's streamed. So I think here I'm showing you that the data that's not being sent. So once you disconnect from the application, the data stopped being sent. Um, and there's no more information, as you can see, I've disconnected and 
nothing's being sent there. So connection lost. Nice. That's pretty cool. You got a lot of data from your phone, like the sensors and all these informations, the, um, the sensor data out there, um, they would be a lot of interesting use case on top of it. Hmm. Yeah. And the good thing about it is it's like with my architecture diagram, it wasn't like, you know, crazy, all these many different services. No. It was just, it was just yeah. like one service that you could really build this out with. Um, so the, barrier to entry is not too high. Like it's it's quite straightforward to build it out on site-wise. For some reason, I always thought IoT is like a, the super complicated. It's like, you know, a lot of things going on. It's their own world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I thought too when I first started. Um, when the project was proposed, I was like, well, I don't know anything about IoT. And I still don't know everything or a lot, but um, the simplicity of it, like the, yeah. the fact that AWS has these services that make it so easy and straightforward to use is is great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the audience and yeah, great demo so far. Thanks, Bianca. So uh, great to know that it actually exists. Um, IoT services on AWS exist. So yeah, maybe it might be something to try out, Sanjay Good. I I would love to know, Bianca, what's the next step? So you've got these sensors and all these data you've built out. What's next for this project? We definitely want to have this available to our customers to be able to experiment it with them with the code themselves. Um, yeah. And I think when I think about the future, I want to be able to use the project as something that customers can use to think of other things that they could do. So I mentioned, you know, quite a few use cases with the video streaming, um, just keeping track of some devices in your home. But I think um, if you want the dashboard as well to like display business information, business KPIs, you can extend the SiteWise dashboard and maybe spin up like a Grafana instance to mm -hmm. see how these metrics match against your business KPIs. Um, so there's many different things that you could do um, with this. This is kind of just like the foundation and yeah. Um, there's so much more that you could do. Like, I think in my home, I want to, I would love to understand how much I'm electricity I'm using at a time um, during the day. So maybe I should cook at a certain time of day instead when my bills are at like the shoulder rate. So I think if I were able to get that information or even just my water bill at a granular level, um, IoT would be able to help with that because I'd have the meter information at in the palm of my hands to be able to monitor yeah. it in real time. So those types of applications, I think, where we could take this, um, this is just the start. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking maybe you should start working with the public sector uh, solutions architects as well uh, because they do have a lot of those uh, use cases mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, not just uh, smart cities but also, uh, yeah, from the energy context and the water context, uh, I, I did... Uh, do some work with water meters as well. So definitely um, have a chat to the public sector folks and also, yeah, to the energy providers. And, um, yeah, they would be, I guess, part of the energy vertical here in AWS. So, you know, that could be another area that you can collaborate with. Definitely. I think um, for those companies to have this type of functionality and offerings for their customers would be so incredibly valuable. Um, yeah, will do. Thanks, Mike. Awesome, awesome. All right. Um, I know we've got a little bit of time. Um, 
May or uh, do do we have any more questions from the audience or? Yeah, um, I mean, I have a few questions because <laughs> I'm always <laughs> like, okay, where do we do this? Um, but uh, I want to, I would like in the audience, if you have any questions or any use cases that you might think that could be interesting, uh, pop it in the chat. If you have any questions around IoT and uh, IoT site-wise or anything in general, uh, feel free to pop it in the chat as well. Um, from Sonjay, some example of partnership public usage would be great. Absolutely. I think like I would love to know like a smart meter or like a smart electricity and um, around that, you know, even um, like the real time of how much the usage has been for this month or maybe like in the future or in a week time when the weather is really hot, I'm going to turn on the air cons for like <laughs> the whole time and we're just going to be like, um, yeah, that's sort of, um, those are like use cases that um really close to like in the everyday life. So that could be interesting. Um, but I guess like, the, the things that we see or like with the customer is there are a lot of ways to solve the problems or design the solution. Like with this solutions, like Bianca, what do you think how you would have designed differently or is there any other ways to, to approach this kind of like your pet monitoring solution? Hmm. I think um, so you're both aware, I'm sure a lot of people are aware that there are so many different services on AWS. So, and there's I so many- I lost count, is, is it 300 and something? Oh, I don't even know now. We get <laughs> like releases so regularly. So yeah. um, like what I get from my customers is, how do I architect this? Because there's so many services, how do we know which one's better? Um, and I'd say like, if it works, nice. But there's just so many different ways that you can develop this. So like, for example, with the IoT solution, I spoke about site-wise, but if you have, and if you want to monitor thousands of devices, you could use IoT Core. And IoT Core is kind of like our foundational service that collects um, data from, I think it was like millions of devices with trillions of messages, something like that. So if you have like multiple different um, devices and you want to keep track of them, like in my example, I need to keep track of one. But if you put IoT Core and push those messages mm. to IoT SiteWise, then you'll have a more scalable solution. So yeah. if you're running a huge um, organization, you have many, many different cars or many, many different meters, you can put IoT Core in front of that solution and then um, that'll help you scale a lot more. Um, and as I mentioned with the dashboards, if SiteWise isn't what you want to see, if you want to see non-IoT information, you can push that data to um, Amazon Manage Grafana or a Grafana instance on a container or EC2 instance, and then be able to visualize that um, better. Or again, once again, if you want to use that video, the video stream and do some analytics on it. So you want to identify what objects are in it. You can run it through some object recognition um, ML model or through um, our recognition service as well, just to identify potentially in near real, real time or in near in near real time, what you're seeing. So it'd be really helpful for like your doorbell. Is there a postman coming or is there a dog there or should you be hiding because you don't want to see this person? I don't know, like use cases <laughs> like that. Um, there's many that's different things. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, a lot of customers use um, 
Grafana uh, and Prometheus, whether that yeah. be the Amazon managed version or not for the operational metrics. So I think that'll be an easy way to start using um, other metrics from these IoT devices, right? And um, how did it all begin? Uh, and I, you know, I know how it all began, but I just want to hear it from you, uh, Bianca. And big shout out to Evan, Evan Zhang. But anyway, over yes, to you, Bianca. Exactly. Well, when you say everything, I think, do you mean like the all the work that I was doing last year? Yeah, the concept of um, this whole project, like what was what's the origin story, right? I just want to hear it. Yeah, so we had uh, our principal solutions architect based in Korea, his name's David, David Green, who is in charge of, I guess, the customer experience around um, our services. So he's wanting to make things easier to use, easier to understand. Um, and it was basically his idea that we could create a demo for our field teams to be able to show customers the power of IoT. So um, as I mentioned before, you might think IoT is like, what, what's IoT? My watch, my phone. Um, and we wanted to make it accessible. And I think almost everyone has a smart device and um, using a smart device as the way to get people to understand that IoT can be anywhere and everywhere was how we started the project. Um, so it was really, it was a really fun opportunity that we got to build that out in um, in Korea with a bunch of solutions architects there, and um, and then I think like as you mentioned Evan, Evan who's the lead for these next gen boost programs, which is kind of like our internal enablement for ASAs, put me in charge of all these different types of projects and and delivering for our service teams. So because of the success of that IoT project that I just spoke about. I was able to do the robotics one and then some internal sales programs with some other um, solutions architects as well, present at reInvent and um, share these ideas with the wider organization. So um, I guess my advice that I always give is like, say yes. I Like I, I mentioned, I didn't know anything about IoT before starting. I was kind of scared. Um, but if there's an opportunity out there, just take it, like say yes, see how it goes. The worst that's gonna happen is you know, maybe it fails, but at least you know now how it works. Um, so I'm grateful for for Evan and David and Cam, who's helped me with the robot robotics project to um, be able to work on all these things and deliver it. So, um, yeah, I think if you're looking to do stuff like that, definitely reach out to your wider network. Um, so many different opportunities at AWS and um, outside as well. Yeah, that's a really good background. Thanks for that, Bianca. Uh, all right, May, do you have any further questions from your end or do we see any questions from uh, the audience? Any last um, final comments? A few comments, um, you know, happening in the, in the chat and um, I guess it's more around the usage and then the use case around the IoT with the local government um, in the public sector, I think that would be really great to see like my talk about smart cities and smart buildings. Uh, I think that's going to be like in the, in, in, the in the vision, you know, that could be pretty game changing in the future as well as we get more advanced with those technology and, um, and government lean onto those technology. So yeah, I think that's all we have. And I just want to give uh, like a shout out to Bianca, but really thank you for joining our show. I'm going to share the link, um, LinkedIn, Bianca LinkedIn in the, in the chat as well. So if anyone's who want to connect with Bianca, 
like she talked a lot about Take You program, her career journey, and also the AWS teams and more importantly, robotics and IoT. So if you have any question, uh, reach out to Bianca. She's, I guess you're like you're okay to connect with people. Of course, and please. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you. Um, and thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, we, we are live streaming, and we will be streaming every, every third Friday, every month, and we will have a different topic. And, again, if you haven't registered on the AWS Summit, make sure you register. And if you have registered, come and check out our booth on the 4th of April. Oh, and we're available on every major podcast platform as well. So That's right. Reading, listen to us. Yeah, we because we like. I think Bianca, we have launched on the podcast as well. So this episode is going on to podcast, so you can listen on to Spotify, <laughs> Apple, any major podcast platform as well. Awesome! awesome. Thanks guys for having me. I loved it. It was good fun. Thank you. All right. All right. So see you next time on AWS Shebels Tech Skills, and let's nerd out together. See ya. Bye.